So good morning. Are you well? My name is Siobhan. I'm one of the associate leaders here at Way. Uh, it is my absolute joy and privilege to bring the word that I'm bringing to you this morning. And if you are new, I just want to bring you on the page that you have come on a really special Sunday. We are in a really incredible season here as a faith community. And so, like Hannah said, last year, God began to speak to Ben, our senior leader, about this word, water from the rock. And it is grounded in scripture in Exodus 17, where Moses is commanded to strike a rock and water flows. And so I'm going to continue that. And really, this, today's message started in prayer for me personally when I was praying in a gathering very similar to this last year. And so in a moment, I'm going to share with you what God really started to speak to me about in that time of prayer with him. But really, I want to I say to you that there are two times in Scripture that Moses brings water from the rock. So this series, this word that we have is water from the rock, and it's happened on two occasions. In Exodus 17, it happens when the people of God have just come out of slavery, they've come out of captivity, and they are now entering into the wilderness, and they are thirsty. In fact, they're so thirsty, they are ready to stone Moses. So they have these rocks in their hands, and they're ready to stone Moses. Moses goes before God, and he says, what am I going to do? So he says, right, Moses, take the staff. Now, he's used to using the staff. He's done many miracles with his staff. And so he takes the staff, and he strikes the rock, and water flows, and the people drink. <clears throat> what I really want you to understand is that this story is in the Old Testament of the Bible. The job of the Old Testament is to point to Jesus. The job of the Old Testament is to reveal who Jesus is. So this striking of the rock, although it literally happened, it's pointing to something more. It's revealing the Christ to come. That when Jesus was struck, on the cross once and one for all, that we get to access that living water. It says that when Jesus was on the, on the cross, I think it's um, in John, says where the soldiers pierced his side, water and blood came. This is what this picture is. Moses is pointing to this. I want to camp today in the second time where Moses was asked to bring water from a rock. It's very familiar. Guess what? They've been traveling a little bit longer now. They're towards the end of their journey. It's been nearly 40 years in the wilderness. So they are grumbling again. And they are thirsty again. And so it's very familiar. We have, you know, we have Moses and we have Aaron and we have the staff and we have a grumbling people who are thirsty. And so Moses goes to God, and this is where I'm going to pick up the story, but I want to ask you, in the very familiar, are your hearts ready to hear God say something new? You might be familiar with this story. You might have heard it many times, but I wonder if in its 
familiarity with you, God can reveal something of a fresh revelation of who Jesus is in greater measure to you. So I pray right now, God, would you prepare our hearts to receive all that you have for us? I pray that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see. We ask this in your name. Amen. So Numbers 20. We're going to skip forward a little bit. So Exodus, that's where Moses struck the rock. Uh, there's literally quite a lot of water that goes under the bridge when they're in the desert. And we're going to now land in Numbers 20. So I'm going to read that for you. <clears throat> Moses and Aaron turned away from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle, where they fell on their face down on the ground. The glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them, and the Lord said to Moses, you and Aaron must take the staff, assemble the entire community. As the people watch, speak to the rock over there, and it will pour out its water. I will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. I'm just going to pause that right there because this is a picture of prayer. So if we think that in Exodus if 17, if that's pointing to the picture of Jesus on the cross, I want you to understand that Numbers 20, when we go to the rock again for water, this is a picture of of prayer. They're in the tabernacle. They're on their face. Their face is literally facing the ground, the rock. And they're praying. And the glory, the presence of the Lord is there. And their instruction is, take these things that you're familiar with, and I want you to speak to the rock. So Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels. Hmm, I wonder if he's a little bit frustrated with their grumbling. 40 years in the wilderness, we'll do that to a guy. So, listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring you water from this rock? I pause at we, because it's not we, it's God. Yet, in his frustration, he defaults to self. He's annoyed with these people. Are you kidding? After everything we've been through, after everything we've done, now you're going to grumble again? Must we bring water from this rock? I kind of feel like, I know my, I've got an active imagination. Do you know, is it... Gladiators, where he says, are you not entertained? I kind of feel like he's really annoyed with the people and going, right, must, me, must we bring water from this rock? Then he, Moses raises his hand and he struck the rock twice with a staff and water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough. In Deuteronomy, when God is speaking to Moses, he says, because you broke faith with me to demonstrate my holiness to the people. So there's two things he didn't do here. One, he broke faith. 
He didn't trust God enough. And the second thing he did, he failed to demonstrate the holiness of God to the people of Israel. And because of this, you will not lead them into the land I am giving them. Now, I don't know where you are in your journey of faith. I personally have some favorites when it comes to reading the Bible. I don't know if you're allowed to have favorites, but I feel like I don't have favorite children, so God's going to be okay with me having some favorite people in the Bible. Now, I love Moses. I absolutely love Moses, and I felt like I picked up an offense for Moses. I'm like, here is this guy. He has been so faithful. He's, yes, he's, you know, he's not perfect, because in frustration, he's fled some things he should have stayed and faced. In frustration, he's been stuck in a sameness, and he took some advice. In frustration, he's struck out. He's done all these things, but yet he has continually, faithfully followed God. I mean, Moses was so close to God that it says his face shone. I love the story of Moses. And then he has a moment where he strikes out, and God goes, you're not going to enter into the promised land. My personal human reaction is, hush, like, really? I mean, they were grumbling again. These were a miserable bunch of people. Come on, God, like, give the guy a break. That's my human response. But when you understand the importance of this moment, because this is captured for not just this generation, but for every generation afterwards. And the point of the Old Testament is to reveal Jesus. So what is meant to be revealed in Numbers 20 is that when we speak to the rock, living waters flow. But because he stepped out in flesh and he was cross and he struck that rock and he broke trust with God, that picture wasn't as fulfilled as it should have been. Because the role of the Old Testament is to point to Jesus. And so God is rightfully going, you didn't demonstrate my holiness in front of the people like I needed you to. So in Deuteronomy, God has this beautiful, I call it the Simba moment. I feel like, because in Deuteronomy 23, I think it is, or 32, he takes Moses up on the mountain and he shows him the promised land. I call it the Simba moment because I kind of feel like he's going, everywhere the light touches, <laughs> like that's going to be the promised land. And so he has this moment with Moses where he shows him everything to come. And I think it's a beautiful restorative moment where he's going, Moses, you have been faithful, but I needed you to mature in your faith. And because of what happened, there is a consequence. Guys, it's not a punishment. It's not a punishment. It was a consequence, but God's love for Moses was unbroken, and he has this moment with him. And so I want to read two more scriptures to you, because I want us to be in absolute clarity and in unity and have this firm foundation that this rock that Numbers 20 speaks about is the picture of Christ. There is a spiritual rock that living water flows from, and I want to read two other scriptures so that we're in no doubt, because that's the platform where today I believe God's going to meet you and honestly do a deep work within you. But we have to understand the truth, because it is the truth 
you know that sets you free. And so I pray that you would do more than just hear this truth. But as I read, that God would meet you exactly where you are. He knows how you think. He knows how you process. And you would know this truth for yourself so that freedom can flow. And so I want you to turn, if you have your Bibles with you, otherwise we'll read it on the screen, Corinthians 10, 1 to 4. Now this is Paul speaking. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food, and all of them drank the same spiritual water, for they drank from the rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. I personally feel like there is no ambiguity in this verse. Rocks don't often travel. (laughs) Yeah, so it's pointing to Jesus, and that rock was Christ. If we can have John 7, 37, 38. This is Jesus speaking. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and he cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in in me, as the scriptures have said, as those things that you've read in the Old Testament, as those things have been said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. For me, I think there can be no doubt, Scripture is very clear that this was a picture. And because Jesus didn't need to be struck again, because he's already been on the cross, this was a call to prayer. This was a call to worship, that if you believe in me, if you believe in Jesus, and you accept him as your Lord and Savior, you have the well of living waters within you. If you would only say his name, if you would only speak to not a rock, not the hard things, but the rock, that is Jesus. And so I'm gonna just pause there because I feel like the word is clear. But how do we apply that to where we are here and now? I'm going to put a picture on the screen. <laughs> so there are times where I need you to be a bit of gentle with me, okay? I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable with you, genuinely. I'm going to show you a glimpse of a very private moment I had with God, and I pray that you handle it with care, and I pray that your heart is attentive to the private conversation God wants to have with your heart. And so, I'm going to have the first picture come up on the screen. Okay, you might not recognize that, but if you were to open those doors and go behind the stage, that is what you'd see. There's some steps coming up here, and you've got Alex and the guys there sort of waiting to go on stage. 
Ben is actually speaking at the moment. He's on stage when this picture was taken. This is just before Christmas, a couple of weeks before. And I really felt that God had asked me to humble myself and pray. And so behind the, the, the doors, I was literally lying flat down on my face, and as people were coming in and out, I could see them go, oh, no, you know, it's not a dead body, but we'll just step over her, don't mind me. And because, you know what, I do like friends and I like company, so I asked two friends to do the same and pray with me. And we prayed throughout Ben's message. And as we were praying, we were praying for him, but we were praying for you. We were praying for ourselves as a community. And we were asking God, to prepare our hearts for this word that we are receiving right now, for this ministry that we've been receiving over these last couple of weeks and what is still to come. Would you prepare out the soil of our hearts so that we can receive all that you have for us? And I was praying for the condition of your heart and mind. Wherever there are rocks, would you remove them? Wherever there is grit, would you wash that away? Lord, would you just tend to the conditions of our hearts. And Lord, would you, where it is hard, where there is tough situations, where it feels like it is a rock, a brick wall that you're facing, would there be breakthrough in Jesus' name? If there's been anything that's been holding you in captivity, if you've been going round and round in circles like those in the wilderness, would the Lord break it in Jesus' name? That's what we were praying. And when I got up, I saw a puddle. And I thought to myself, oh, I'm leaking. Right? And I didn't quite know where I was leaking from. So I was like, I definitely don't remember crying. I wasn't hot because it was freezing. So I was just kind of looking at this puddle, perplexed. And then my science kicked in. Because where I was lying on the floor, it was my breath that had been condensated, had condensated on the cold concrete. And it formed a puddle. And I understand the science, but I need you to know my personal belief. I'm not afraid of science because I believe God made it, okay? So everything in the earth is his. And so my head understood logically what was happening, but God was speaking to my heart, and he said, speak to the rock, and the water will come. There is power in your breath when it is speaking the word of God. There is power in your breath when you are declaring the authority of Jesus. It's a bit you. <laughs> I get that. I was like, oh, do you want to see that on a Sunday morning? But who knew that as I spoke out, there was water in those words? You don't see it. But if you speak to the rock, it literally materializes. I pray that the Lord would take these humble words, this very simple message, and bring water to those dry places in your life. That it would be a drink for you. That where there is a rock, where there is hardness, where it is tough, that you would hear it break and feel the water flow. Rivers of living water. I believe that 
God wants to do some ministry, that he wants to see to every need. He wants to do a deep work in your heart. And we're going to worship in a moment. And I'm just going to pray with you as I believe that God starts to speak to each one of you. But here, I need to say, it requires you to speak. Because if you don't speak, even the rocks will cry out and give him praise. So today you have a choice. In this moment of prayer, will you be silent or will you start to declare? Will you start to speak and release the power and the authority and literally start to be bathed in the living water that is the rock? So I just want to read you one final verse. I'm going to ask you to stand for this. I'm going to ask you to stand for this, for this word as I read it. May the power and the authority of God be in every word. Listen to the word of God. Romans 10, 10. For with the heart one believes and is justified. That means with your heart, that is when you believe Jesus is the son of God, there you have faith. That faith in Jesus puts you in right standing with him. So with that faith, with that heart conviction, of who Jesus is, you are justified, you are put in right standing. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. There is a a connection here with your heart and with your mouth. As you believe, as you have faith and you confess, something miraculous happens. I have a word for you to say. That the God conversations you have, the conversations that you have with Jesus will see miracles flow into your life and into your families and into this community and far beyond if my people would humble themselves and pray. There's healing to be had here. There's breakthrough to be had here. There's ways to be made here. There's a path to be cleared. And I'm going to ask you now, as a company of believers, to just open your heart to God. Father, may we believe in our hearts and may we be justified, may we be in right standing. Wherever there is not an alignment, would you bring an alignment with you? For your ways and your thoughts are higher.